Good morning. My name is Gary, and I'm happy that you folks are all here today. We are in the end of a series, I believe. Tim, this is going to be the end of it, right? Yes. <laughs> when Tim went out of town, he said, you can do a two-week series, or you continue the series, whatever you want. And I decided it was easier just to continue the series. And I was assuming that he was going to end it, so he confirmed it. But anyway, we've been doing a series on Get Out. Tim started this series several weeks ago. I believe it was in May. And his first lesson was get out and stay out. And I loved it. And it was talking about we need to get out of this building and do some things. All right? We need to, our, our faith should not be contained to Sunday mornings here at this building or just to other activities here at this building. We were made to follow Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And unless you want to live here, you're going to have to get out to do that. And so we were just trying to break with some of our traditional thoughts. Break with some of our, our, our normal ways of thinking of things. I say normal ways of thinking of things. I tell people, I am what I call a rut eater. You know what that is? I can eat the same food every day for lunch and dinner for weeks one end. I mean, I can do it and enjoy it. It's easy. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat next. You know, you can just go grab the same thing. You go to the store, you buy a whole bunch of the same thing, and you eat it every day. What do I eat for breakfast? Whenever I'm home and I cook breakfast, what is it? Eggs. I scramble eggs every day. Don't have to think about it. Just get up and do it. Because I think most of us, when it comes, I think we're this way naturally, but when it comes to following Jesus and as a, as a church, and this isn't, we don't own, have a monopoly on this. We are what I call rut thinkers. We like to think one way and not change. You know, we call these, the one way that Jesus referred to them as, is as traditions. We find something, a way that works, a way of doing things that works, and we continue doing it. And guys, we do that, honestly, I believe it's just easier to approach things that way. You, just like my rut eating, you don't have to think about what you're going to do next. Okay? It's much easier. There's, no, there's not really any risk to take because it's already been decided. This is the way we do things. And guys, really what we're talking about in this series is the changing the way we're thinking. And specifically about changing the way we think about church and about following Jesus. That it's not about what we do as a group as much as about what we do individually outside of this building. And so today, guys, I want to talk about what I'm going to refer to as a fundamental activity for any follower of Jesus. It's just a fundamental thought process that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 5 that you've probably heard about. If you've been around church for three seconds, you've heard that we need to be light. In Matthew chapter 5, this is what it says. This is what Jesus has to say about it. He starts off saying, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds 
and glorify your Father in heaven. How many of you have heard that verse before? Most of us have heard that passage. I won't ask for a show of hands. I'm, I'm going to be very surprised if there's anybody in this room that hasn't heard some version of that at one time or another in their life. You know, it's one of the first things that we teach little children. You know, we teach them a little song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. And guys, it's very popular. But I don't know about you, when it, when it gets down to reality of what it means to live what this is saying, it's challenging. It may be very basic. It may be very fundamental. But it flies in the face of what I do naturally. It does not come naturally for me. And yet Jesus is telling us this needs to be something that that we do. And we're told to let it shine. Now guys, I want to talk about this real quick. I'm going to use an illustration that that I will refer to later on. I have here my, my favorite headlamp. I refer to it as my geek light. Because I started wearing these things when my kids were teenagers and, and you know, dad's a geek, right? And so this is my geek lamp. And my son bought it for me. You can't tell it right now because it's, it's light in here. But let me see some of you people in the front row. Andrew or Stephen, I'm sorry. Is that bright? Just a little. Mark, it's too bright? Okay. My kids will tell you. I, I love my favorite joke. My favorite geeky dad joke is to walk into a room full of them and their friends and and have it on, and look at one of their friends in their eye and go, you see my light? And you know, it's just very annoying to them. Now I bring this up because, guys, there are a lot of Christians in the world today, there are a lot of churches that misunderstand what it means to shine their light. Okay? And they literally think that shine their light means you're not living right. The way you're living isn't right. Honestly, when you think about this, isn't this the complaint that a lot of people have about churches today? Okay? You think about the way churches have responded to the abortion laws in America. And the way we've responded to uh, gay rights and gay marriage. And we just want to shine the light and tell you you're wrong. And you, can, you, you probably have, maybe have felt that way at one time or another, where somebody has shined their light on you, and they're wanting to say, you're wrong. The way you do things is wrong. And this is what shining my light's all about. I, I, I offer to you the Westboro Baptist Church. Okay, if, if you're referred to them, I don't know, I know one thing about them. They're the group that protests at the funerals of military personnel that have died in battle. And they do it because they believe these people are being killed because God is against our nation because of our stance on homosexuality. Because of the nation's stance and the promotion of it and the uh, allowance of it, if you will. And so they want to shine the light. Guys, I really don't think that helps much. That helps people see God about as much as me shining this light in Stephen's lives helped him to see anything at all. All you see is the light and it doesn't help. Now guys, there's another thing. This light, now it does have different settings. You know, it's like this. And you can hit it again and it goes dim a little bit. And then if you hit it again, and I'm, I'm going to cover it up because I heard this can hurt people, it has a strobe effect to it. Okay? I don't put that on very long because 
I did that in the teacher's service, and Chris Hamlin says, don't do that in the crowd out there. <laughs> because, no, if, if my wife looks at this too long, she'll have a Virgo spell. Okay, and I believe there's some of you in there, I mean, Andy Weiler might be one, who will have a seizure, correct? <laughs> so even though this light is very powerful and is very useful, it can also be very annoying. And guys, I just want to let you know, we have to be careful when it comes to shining our light. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. If I'm using that light to help people, it's very helpful. I'm working or we're doing something at night and it's very helpful. And somebody's looking over my shoulder and they're watching me do things. And then we turn to talk and I'm shining it right in their eyes. Very, very annoying. And so guys, as we look at this, we want to shine the light the way Jesus wants us to, don't we? We don't want to be an annoyance to people. Now, I understand that not everybody's going to agree with us. I understand that not everybody's going to see things the way God does. But I believe there's a right way and a wrong way to help people. There's a right way and a wrong way to shine, if you will. And guys, you see, here's the thing. As mentioned, Jesus is describing the nature of his followers. And guys, our nature is the instincts or inherent tendencies directing our conduct. And what Jesus is saying, the nature of His followers should be that they shine. That they illuminate the world around them. Now i got to tell you, that just doesn't come naturally for me. That's not my natural tendency. See guys, as a follower of Jesus, I've got to choose my nature. Alright? The words, that's just how I am, should never come out of my mouth as a follower of Jesus. Unless I'm saying that because of what I do to follow Jesus. But to say, oh, well, I can't follow Jesus or I can't be a light because that's just not who I am is inaccurate. We have a choice. This is, this is told to us in Galatians chapter 5. This is where we see we have this choice. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are not in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. What is he talking about? He's describing that we have a choice. We can either live to satisfy the Spirit's desires in our life, or we can do with what comes naturally in our life. We have a choice. And as a follower of Jesus, what comes naturally needs to change. That's what it's all about. He goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says, do not quench the Spirit. He's saying you have a choice. Are you going to do what comes naturally? Are you going to follow the Spirit's leading in your life? You see, guys, the Holy Spirit has a bunch of of different roles in our lives. It has, the, it, it, it has the role of counselor, the Bible tells us. It's a counselor. Jesus said, unless I go, I can't send the counselor. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit. Another time he's referred to as a comforter. Which, a side note, if the Holy Spirit is to comfort you in your life, it requires that you first be uncomfortable. All right? If you're not uncomfortable in your, if your faith doesn't take you to some uncomfortable places, 
the Holy Spirit has a hard time doing its work of comforting. Just a side note, just a side note. Um, also, the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. It convicts us of sin, and it tells us it's a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. But here's the truth, guys. All of its roles in our lives, we have the choice of whether it's going to bear fruit in our lives or not. We can either allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our lives by our choices, and that's how we shine. Or we can choose to do what comes naturally to us. And we won't shine. We won't shine. You see, guys, just the same way, Jesus chose salt and light as illustrations for a reason. He chose them for a reason. You know, salt we don't think much about today, right? I mean, it's very, 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 very common. We don't think about getting enough salt. Most of us, let me say it, there's very few of us that have to think about getting enough salt. Most of us try not to get too much salt. Is that not correct? That's the way it works today. When Jesus spoke these words, it was entirely different. Salt at that time was one of the most valuable commodities in the world. It was a necessity for life. They knew that. It was used to preserve food. It was used to enhance the flavor of food. But guys, it went far beyond that. Do you know it was considered the first industry of the world, the production of salt? And it was also considered the first money of the world. It was used as money in trading. The word salary actually comes from the term where they paid soldiers with salt. And you've heard the term, he's not worth his salt. Okay? It's not meaning the salt in your tears when he breaks up with you. It's meaning the salt he was paid. He's not worth his salary. He's not worth his wages. All because they were paid in salt. Salt was a valuable commodity. It was the first item that governments taxed. Did you know that? Because they found this is a way to generate revenue. Everybody needs it. Everybody's using it and exchanging it. We need a piece of the pie. We need a cut. Salt was an extremely valuable commodity. My question is, do you realize... So when Jesus is telling the people first, you're the salt of the earth, He's saying you're a necessity in this world. He's saying you're valuable in this world. You see, guys, I don't get up in the morning and think that. Guys, it goes on, light. He says you're the light of the earth. Light has many characteristics. The main thing it does is it illuminates things. And again, we don't think much about it. You know, I'm, I'm 53 now. And, you know, I just showed you my headlamp and it's wonderful. Do you know I use that a lot in the daytime? Because of my eyes, I can't see as well. I mean, I've been known to drop a nut or a bolt or a screw at work, and I need to find it. And so how do I find it? Even though it's daylight, I put the headlamp on. Because it helps me to see extreme, extremely valuable to me. But you know what? It's far too common. When Jesus spoke these words that says, you're the light of the world, they didn't have LED bulbs. They didn't have fluorescent bulbs. They didn't even have kerosene. I mean, they had, they had a a type of fuel that burned for lamps. 
But it wasn't until the late 1800s that our days became extended because we had artificial light. Jesus was saying, you're able to shine in a dark place. Much more valuable to them than it is to us because it's so common to us. And so guys, what we want to talk about today is what instincts or tendencies should direct my conduct? How am I, if I'm going to be light, what's going to direct my conduct to make me light? What thought processes do I have? The first one I want to talk about is, is the thought that I will save and preserve life. I mean, is that really a thought when you get up in the morning? I'm going to save and preserve life? Look at this in Luke chapter 19. This is what Jesus said about Himself. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. 1 John 2, it says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You see, guys, as Jesus' followers, God's will for us is the same will He had for Jesus. And that's the word to seek and save the lost. Now, I'm just guessing that that's not the first thought you have in the morning. Okay? Or maybe not even, it's, it, it may not even be a thought before lunchtime. Because as we talked about last week, there's all kinds of other things that crowd out God's Word from our life, that choke it out. But guys, if you understand, this is Jesus' main purpose for coming. And you see, guys, that's just a big challenge. When you go to the gas station in the morning for your gas, what is on your mind? Is it the fact that there may be somebody around you that God's putting in contact with you that you need to reach out to? That you need to share Jesus with in some way or open the door to sharing Jesus with them in some way? What about while you're at work? What about while you're at work and things aren't going so well? What about when you're out to eat with your spouse or out to eat with your kids or at your kids' ball games? or whatever sporting event they're a part of. Is that the thought that's going through your mind? You see, guys, that should be the natural thought process that goes on in a follower of Jesus. If we're going to shine, we need to, we need to understand that that is our role. The second thing, guys, is that I will light the way for others to see. I will light the way for others to see. See, guys, in, in Acts 26, this is what, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul says about his mission, about what Jesus had to told him. And he says, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You see, guys, just shining isn't enough. It's not just a matter of going around glowing, thinking, okay, I'm light. Anybody wants to come see Jesus needs to just come see me. I'm light. They'll just all be attracted to me. Because that's not how it works. Guys, if we're going to be light and help others to see, we're going to have to open our mouths. We're going to have to open our mouths. I find it a challenge to be light. I, I'm just being honest with you. I shared with you last week that my natural tendency is to be thorny soil. That the Word of God and serving Jesus gets choked out 
by the worries of this life. And I get sucked up in doing what needs to be done. And I don't naturally think about following Jesus the way He wants me to. And this is a real, a real thought process for me that's, that's changing. And it has been changing. And I'll share more about that in a little bit. But, you know, I'm thinking, I've got my eyes open more often. And I've shared with you some of these situations. Um, one of them that, that happened within the last year was I ran into a homeless couple at Quick Trip. And as I was, I was sharing with, as I was talking with them, okay, just trying to be light, just opening my mouth, smiling, talking, being open to the, I just, I realized they need a ride to Edwardsville from Bethalto. And I'll spare you all the details, but I, I decided that's what they need. So I give them a ride to Edwardsville. And on the way, now I can just give them a ride to Edwardsville and help them out. And I believe I'm being a light. Or I can give them a ride and I can tell them a little bit about Jesus. Not to be pushy. I'm not going to shine it in their eyes. So we're on the way and I just tell them, guys, I did this because I believe Jesus sees you. I believe Jesus sees you and He says He'll take care of all of your needs if you follow Him. And I believe He sent me to let you know that today and for me to give you this ride. Guys, if we're going to help others see Jesus and to see the way, way out of darkness, we've got to open our mouths up. We've got to be willing to do that. Let me ask you, who are you lighting the way for right now? Or who are you trying to light the way for right now? Is there somebody specific that comes to mind? Maybe somebody at work? Maybe a neighbor? Is there somebody specific that comes to mind? You see, guys, that's supposed to be the nature of, of a follower of Jesus. Third thing, guys, this should be instinctive to us, is I will help others avoid danger. I will help others avoid danger. And this is talking, guys, honestly, just kind of switching gears a little bit. Because it isn't all about, shining your light isn't just all about reaching out to people. It's also about how we interact with each other. Because the truth of the matter is, the way my light shines for Jesus is really like that strobe effect on my headlamp. You know what I'm saying? There's some situations where I shine. And there's some situations where, eh, not so much. I'm going to talk about one of those in a few minutes here. But guys, that's just the truth of the matter. Because we're human beings, because we're imperfect, there's things that we do, and yes, our light shines, and we're following Jesus, and we're doing what He says. And then there's others where, let's just say not so much. We're doing what comes naturally to us. We're doing what comes, what, what benefits us the most. And guys, we need each other to point out when our light's not shining. Look at this passage in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. In Hebrews 3, it says that we should see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart 
that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, guys, we're supposed to shine not just to light the way for unbelievers, but to light the way for each other. We have a responsibility to each other. And we have a need for each other in our lives. Now the big question is, are we willing to fulfill those responsibilities? You see, because if you're going to do it, it's going to mean taking a risk. It means that we're going to have to risk friendships. We're going to have to risk comfort levels. We're going to have to risk being misunderstood. But Jesus has given us a responsibility here in these two passages. And guys, just just look around. Just look around real quick. Understand that God has put the people around you in your life for a purpose. And He has put you in their life for a purpose. And the question is, are we going to fulfill that purpose? Are you willing to do that? Because that is the purpose that God has given you and how it means to shine. So, guys, it leads us to the question of how do I shine? We talk about that's what the natural instincts of a disciple is, is to shine and to do those things. How do I do it? Number one, I believe you've got to decide you want to. Because I just said it doesn't come naturally. You have to decide that you want to. I didn't put a scripture here because I think it's kind of obvious. As we talked about last week, I've lived the majority of my life, adult life, trying to follow Jesus and had not made the commitment that I wanted to be like Jesus. And in all honesty, my natural response was to not be like Jesus. I'm having to make the same choice now that says, I want to shine. And not only do I want to shine, I want to shine everywhere. I want to shine everywhere. And it leads to the second thing, guys, of listen, learn, and live. And all I'm talking about here is looking at Galatians 5 and what it says about walking by the Spirit. This is what Galatians chapter 5 says. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Alan and I have had a discussion uh, a couple months back about if I should say, when I feel prompted to do something that I believe Jesus wants me to do, like take the homeless people to Edwardsville, if I should say, well, the Spirit prompted me to, or if I should say the Spirit told me to. You know, remember that discussion? No. Over 50, I get it. Yes, it's a matter of terminology. And, you know, it's just maybe we're just uncomfortable with the idea that God speaks to us directly and tells us things to do. And we're more comfortable saying, well, I, I felt the urge to. I don't care what way you word it. The Holy Spirit needs to be involved in our lives on a daily basis. And that's what this passage is telling us. To walk by the Spirit. 
Another translation says to live by the Spirit. It's to be involved in our life. How does that take place? Well, I can tell you how it works for me. Okay? The way it works for me is I'm confronted with a situation and I'm challenged if I'm going to follow my natural response or if I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit's response. Okay, now I've spent the majority of my life just doing what comes naturally to me. And I've been cha- I, I, it's amazing the way this shows up. It really is. I told you about picking up the couple at Quick Trip. I am a Quick Trip kind of guy. Do we have any other fans of Quick Trip in here? Yeah. Quick Trip is a cool place. It's one of the few businesses that actually lives up to its name. Okay? It is a quick trip. You go in there, and everything is set up for you to get in and out quick. You get your soda, and then you get out of the way to get your lid and your straw. Okay? And so somebody else can get up there, and they have multiple places for ice shoots. You know, multiple places to get your sodas and your drinks. It's very quick. When you go up to the counter, the cashier, the employee, whatever you want to call them, is checking you out, and if the person in front of you is taking too long getting their stuff off the counter, he calls you around to the other side of the, of the uh, cash register. He checks you out. I mean, they're going every which way at once. You know, if it gets to be a line, one of the other employees comes up and helps out, and they're checking from both sides of the cashier. But that's quick trip. But I have this little, what do I want to say, habit. Casey's has one redeeming quality in my mind. Breakfast pizza. Yes. Casey's is the polar opposite of the quick trip experience. You get there and get your soda and you're blocking the whole way. You go to the checkout line and there will be one person checking, seven people in line, and two other employees doing other things. It is an annoyance like none other. But they got breakfast pizza. So I stop in there regularly for breakfast pizza and a Fountain Mountain Dew. Okay, that's okay too. See, because Fountain Mountain Dew is not created equal at all gas stations. Okay, but it's okay. Quick Trip is the best. Casey's is okay. And so I stopped in there to get that. My breakfast pizza and my Mountain Dew. And you know what my attitude is there while I'm there the whole time? Or it has been, let me say that. Complaining. Anytime I get the opportunity, and it's not all the time, but anytime I get the opportunity, and you know, I'm standing there behind somebody in line, and I'll look, and they'll kind of look around like, what's going on? And I'll go, yeah, there's a reason why they don't call this place Quick Trip, ain't it? Yeah, you ain't a kid and going on. And I'm not friendly to the checker. I'm not friendly to anybody else unless I get the chance to complain. Guys, I'm not being light. I'm there for one reason. I'm using Casey's to get the one thing I want from them. And I'm putting following Jesus on hold while I'm there. I mean, it's just amazing the way the Holy Spirit challenged me. I mean, there's a situation, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is prompting me, telling me, whatever you want to say. Would you look at how you act at this place? Nobody has a chance to get to know Jesus because of you being here, because of the way you are acting. Nobody minded. I'm not not being an annoyance, I'm not being rude. 
But I'm not being light. I'm not shining. And guys, that's the way this passage is saying, is we're confronted with a situation, and the Holy Spirit, and you, you have to look to see, is the way I'm responding, is the way I'm acting the way the Holy Spirit wants me to act? And then you've got a choice of whether you're going to learn and live. You see, guys, that's the way life is. If you're going to shine, you've got to be able to look at the situation, listen, and learn, and take some action. And change your conduct. And you've got to be open to this process. And this goes everywhere, guys. This goes everywhere that you have the opportunity. Because the way we act is going to either open the door to telling people about Jesus or close the door to telling people about Jesus. You see, if I take that light of mine and I put it over somebody's shoulder and say, look, look what's out ahead. Look at that pothole you don't want to step in. Look at that mud hole you don't want to step in. Look at that tree you don't want to trip over. That's very helpful. If I take it and shine it in their light or put it on the strobe, even if I'm shining it on the path and it's on the strobe effect, it's not very helpful. Guys, we're only going to be helpful if we're, if we're shining our light in the right way. The third thing, guys, if we're going to shine, is we've got to persevere. I have this point in a lot of my lessons because, guys, I believe it's such a, a basic foundation, again, to following Jesus. In Luke chapter 8, in the parable of soils, this is what Jesus says. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. You want to know how good soil produces a crop? It requires perseverance. You're going to have to do the same thing over and over and over again. What does that mean? I've got to be friendly over and over and over again. Not only at Casey's, but at any restaurant I go to. At any gas station I stop at. I have to have my ears and eyes open so I can shine like Jesus does. And I've got to do it over and over again. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You see, guys, as a follower of Jesus, shining like a light is to be a way of life. It's not to be something you just do here and there. Mike Kiffmeyer was at our house yesterday, and he was telling a story. His family went on vacation. Went on a big, long vacation. Wasn't it two weeks? No, not that long. But Mike was on vacation... And they noticed a family in a van with a lot of kids that were working on their van. And Mike had the opportunity, thanks to his wife, <laughs> Kim goes up and says, hey, my husband's good at fixing things. And so Mike got the opportunity to help him get it back on the road. See, guys, what's that mean? Shining your light doesn't go on vacation. It 
goes on vacation with you. It's part of your vacation. Guys, we like to make it. We honestly, we want, I want my light to shine like a strobe light. I want it to shine when I want and turn off when I don't want it to. But if I'm going to really follow Jesus, I've got to shine my light all the time. And it has to be my way of life. Guys, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on. But I hope you're challenged in some way just to look and to see if your light shines, if you're committed to letting your light shine the way Jesus said. So, guys, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be done. They're going to sing a song and you're able to fill out your communication card. If you have a prayer request, you can fill that out and the team will pray for you. And they'll sing another song and we'll be done. So let's, let's move on our way. Father, I just want to thank you. Father, I want to thank you, first of all, for your patience with me. I am amazed the way you continually show me how I'm not following you. And I realize that you haven't wrote me off yet. You haven't given up on me. That, Father, you've had grace and forgiveness. And you've given me time to grow. Father, I just want to pray that you'll you'll help us to, to decide to be light. To choose. And Father, open our eyes to see your spirits leading in our lives. And Father, give us the courage to do what that spirit says so that we can shine. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.